Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 38. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and today our guest is the six-degree black belt, Claudio França. Besides running three academies, Claudio is the creator of the BJJ Tour, which has events all over the United States. He talked about the jiu-jitsu early days in California, the importance of resilience, and finding harmony in your work and life. At the end of the episode, during my final thoughts, I share with you six ideas to help you during your journey of finding harmony in your work and life. Stay tuned right after you leave Jiu-Jitsu's message. Oos. The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Live Jiu-Jitsu. Live Jiu-Jitsu supports social projects in Brazil and in the United States who offer free Jiu-Jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities, inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to buy new mats, uniforms, tournament registrations, and the monthly expenses of these projects. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coach donates all the profit of all online courses and merchandise to Live Jiu-Jitsu. For more information, please visit www.livejujitsu.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Claudio França. Claudio is a six-degree black belt earned from Francisco Mansour. Claudio moved to the United States in 1995 and pioneered the teaching of BJJ in Santa Cruz, California, where he currently lives and operates three schools. Also since 1995, Claudio has hosted one of the most successful and prestigious tournaments in Jiu-Jitsu, the U.S. Open. Now in 2019, the BJJ Tour has events all over the country, always delivering a great service. Claudio, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Gustavo. It's, I very appreciate this opportunity to share with you a little bit of my life and my, my love for Jiu-Jitsu. Awesome. I have talked with you a few times about tournaments and so forth. And I believe, I, I might be wrong, but I feel that you might be the first guy who do online registration for Jiu-Jitsu tournaments. I believe so. I believe so. I don't remember anybody did the registration online before us and I think it was such a big step for the organize the Jiu-Jitsu tournament. Yes. It's such a huge help for the promoters and for the tournament in general. I remember I helped IBJJF like in, in early 2000, mid 2000 to do registration online and I helped some companies develop some programmers about registration, how to work the brackets, and etc. etc. Honestly, I never thought about that, but I believe so. I believe I was the first one. Yeah, thanks for bringing that. Yeah, the, the reason why I'm saying is because I always followed your work, even though Arizona it's, it's a long drive 12 hours. I've been there maybe in two or three events, and I always had a great experience. And I was 
surfing around your page and, and I saw the Strong Vaughn link on the bottom, like, wait a minute, what is this here about? So that's when I got involved when I think you started doing some work with Strong Vaughn. That's, I, I think I was one of the very first uh, clients that actually talked to her and started doing online here in Arizona. In the beginning, I remember there's a, it's interesting how there was the resistance. What do you mean put a credit card online? What do you mean, you know, it used to be this way or that way? And then you start closing the doors and it'd be like a hundred people not registered because they're not on time. They're not putting a credit card. And I actually follow your, your format that would be like, this is the deadline. If you want to compete, here's a deadline. And then little by little, start to kind of educate it, educating the jujitsu instructors to be like, dude, there's no favors. A lot of people are asking, this is the last date. And after that, everyone start registering on time, you know? So that was the same thing here in Arizona. What do you mean you can't pay cash? What do you mean da, 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 da? And if you want improvement, you know, got to do it. So you do have an influence here in my work, just to let you know, if you didn't know, you know, right now. You did, you Thank did you. Have. So... Uh, how did BJJ show up in your life? Uh, the BJJ show up in my life, you know, when I was a little boy, uh, probably about the, five, the age of five, six years old, I I had bronchitis. I was sick a lot and all this, this health problem. And the doctor... Uh, I advised my mama for putting me to do sports, né? Put and she put me for told me jiu-jitsu, uh, judo, swim, and etc. etc. And I told the and then my mama bring me for for swim class and for judo. The swim these days I love swim, but when I was a kid I don't like swim at all. Especially because the water in Brazil was so cold, they didn't warm up the water at this time and they put like a cold water and you know was not fun but the judo i really enjoy i really enjoy the judo and i was training judo i get into the orange belt but they have one problem in my school it's close they have the subway in rio was building the subway is 1970s and the subway passed over the location was my school and the structure closed the school and he just left and luck me I have the school, the Master Mansu, was a jiu-jitsu school, uh, close to our house. And my mama thinks jiu-jitsu is very similar to judo. And then she just put me there for training. And from over there, I was loved for the first time. And from there, I never stopped to be involved in jiu-jitsu, training jiu-jitsu. And it's that to be part of my life, in my routine. And how do you feel jiu-jitsu relate to life? I feel jiu-jitsu, it's, you know, uh, the lesson you learn here in the school, in the mat, in the training, in the competition, it's the lesson you apply every day in your, your life, you know what I mean? Uh, the, the things you learn here, you, it's going to be very important for, for the way you're going you're gonna to deal with your life, you know what I mean? Jiu-jitsu, you learn uh, a lot of things like to be to be mentally strong, to be determined, to try don't give up, at least the, until the last moment. And all these lessons you learn in Jiu-Jitsu, like I say, I apply daily in my life. 
for sure. And now, when did you have the spark that you found out that you wanted to pursue jiu-jitsu for a living? How old were you? Do you remember that? You know, uh, Gustavo, I, I, when I was my, when I went, I went to college for physical education, uh, when I was 17, 18. At this point, I, from my early age, like my 13, 12 years old, I know I like to live, I like to do sport, I like in my life, I want to be connected with sport, and I like to be a proficient for the sport. Uh, in the seven, it was very hard. It's pretty much you just can be a soccer player or involve soccer, especially in Brazil, if you, if you can make a life in the sport. But I, like I said, when I finished my, my high school, I went for college and I did physical education. And I know I'm going to be involved in sports from there. I know I'm going to be teaching the schools. I'm going to be with jiu-jitsu, other sports like soccer, volleyball, etc. But after that, when I finished my college, I was so strong involved in jiu-jitsu, was my early trains, I was involved in the competition, I was 100% involved in jiu-jitsu. But it was a hard field. There is not too many opportunities this time for you to teach jiu-jitsu, especially in Brazil, in Rio. We have like, I don't know, eight, ten schools. And it's, it's very hard to imagine to start to teach jiu-jitsu over there this time. But, you know, I pursued my dreams and I started to open a school inside the condominium in Barra da Tijuca, the Riviera. It was my first school. Before that, I teach a little bit for my master, Francisco Mossu, in his school, Kyoto. And also, I teach in the Reilson Grace School in Gavia. And then I open my school in the Riviera. It's not an open school, I use the a location inside the condominium, I put the mats and start to teach over there. And from there, I know my life's going to be involved in Jiu-Jitsu for, for the rest of my life. I know I'm going to be there. And, and then it, still in Brazil, I start to do tournaments. I used to organize the Copa Atlântico Sul, the Atlântico Sul Cup. In the A's was the main tournament in Brazil. And yeah, and I was already 100% in my mind, I'm going to be Jiu-Jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu is going to be my life. And even a lot of my friends and family members think it was not a good idea because not a big market. Jiu-Jitsu was a small industry in this time. But like I said, I pursued my dream and I know I'm going to be happy doing what I like to do, even if I make less money or, you know, etc etc but it's the one the most important lesson that i think you you learn about your life you need to have love for what you're doing because if you don't have love for what you're doing you're not going to be a happy person i mean you cannot be happy if you be monday to friday one place you hate doing something you don't like and don't enjoy you know what i mean and uh, jiu-jitsu was it's uh, was work it's hard work for me I take jiu-jitsu very serious, but semi-hands, I enjoy a lot, I have fun, I make good friends here. And back for your question, uh, when I started my college, pretty much like about 18, 20 years old, I was already committed, my life's going to be involved with jiu-jitsu, sport 100% and most jiu-jitsu. So... When, you, when was the moment, the transition around 1995, when you came to the United States, 
how that opportunity came up and how was the coming how was your mindset back then you, were you excited do you have fears how because i know since i've been here in the us for 20 years i know the beginning of anyone living in a different country it's always a challenge so how was that transition for you was very hard, Gustavo, especially because different time, you know, you talk about 1994, 95, there is no internet, at least I don't have, there is no WhatsApp, you know I mean, there is very limit, no, no social media, very limit contact for, uh, with, uh, with Brazil, you know, with family, friends, and etc. Yeah, the, the, when I come, I, I first I come here in 1994 for visit some friends already teach Jiu-Jitsu here in, in California and also for check the, the soccer World Cup that was here in the United States. I want to come here, watch some games and, and like I said, visit some school and also I have one of my hobbies to surf. I also come here and surf a little bit. I come here for vacation, but I did a little bit work, a little bit jiu-jitsu, a little bit class. And I got very excited about the moment the jiu-jitsu was just the whole, uh, uh, sorry, Royce Grace just, just have his first or second MMA fight in the ultimate. And, and the moment was super exciting here in America for jiu-jitsu. People from everywhere in the world want to learn jiu-jitsu. was the new stuff and people was crazy to learn jiu-jitsu and you have very limited uh, information, a very limited number of instructions and information, etc. People was crazy here for learning jiu-jitsu, not only here in America, but around the world. Uh, but at the same time, I have established life in Brazil. I have my school over there. I have the tournaments that I run. I have, you know, friends, family. I really enjoy my life in Rio. You know, I mean, Rio, it's a wonderful place to live. And, but, you know, I come back and I was, I should go, I should not go, I should go. Uh, I take like six months for make the final decision. And then beginning 1995, I finally decided to come for here. It uh, was very hard transition, as I told you, and I mean, this time I have very little contact with family, friends in Brazil, because there is no social media, no, no WhatsApp, no internet, and etc. You know I mean? Even I remember, uh, before I get some news from Brazil, there is here in the Santa Cruz uh, coffee shop, there is every Wednesday, they deliver the newspaper, né? the global newspaper from, from Brazil. But the newspaper was from Sunday, but you buy just Wednesday. And I remember I was super excited to get over there Wednesday, buy new newspaper and bring it home for reading, etc. Was, was, especially the first six months, you know, I mean, it was tough. You have the English there was not fluent at this time. I don't know if I am right now, but at least I'm way better. But, you know, I have a limitation communication with people here. And for to be honest with you, the first six months, I, I think a lot to give up, go back to Brazil. What am I doing here? I have this wonderful life in Brazil, my schools. Uh, but for this, at the same time, I feel like I start to build stuff here. I start to, you know, I mean, develop some contacts, have new students, and see all this excitement that people here in the United States to to learn jiu-jitsu and, you know, step by step, start to get more comfort to live here, enjoy more life here, enjoy a new routine. Because when you move, 
you need to make a new routine. Né? When you live in Brazil, your place you lived before, you have the restaurant you, want to, you like to go, you have the, the channels, the TV you like to watch, you, like, you have the, the place you meet your friends after work or before work, you have the weekends, in the case in Rio, most of the people go to the beach, you have your beach, you go in Rio. When you get here, it's all new. You know what I mean? You don't have more than your favorite restaurant, you don't have more the place you meet your friends, you don't have more the place you ride your bike, you need to make all new routine. And, but, you know, step by step, I start to develop new routine. And the Jiu-Jitsu was the reason to bring me here. I was super excited to see the Jiu-Jitsu start to develop here in the United States and see the, the Jiu-Jitsu start growing here. And this is what keeps me here, keeping me excited to be here. And, you know, after one year, probably you feel the same, you, your life, then you open school, you start to run tournaments here, then you feel like, man, I'm going to be here for the rest of my life, and I'm not going to go anywhere anymore. But it was a tough transition, but I'm glad I did. You know what I mean? I'm super happy to live here in California, in Santa Cruz, uh, here in the United States. I'm super happy to make part to... They develop the jiu-jitsu, né? you, you, you see that too, I'm sure when you move here for the United States, you see jiu-jitsu was nothing, and this day jiu-jitsu was the most, uh, most important martial arts in the United States, the biggest martial arts in the United States, and we make part of that, we make part of this development, and it's, it's very nice, I see what's happened from 95, 96, for right now, 2019, how much you, you went far away, né? how, how, uh, how big the jiu-jitsu is today, even more than I thought when I moved for here in 1995. I know jiu-jitsu is going to get huge here, but I never thought you're going to have this such a big industry that we are right now. How long did it take you to promote your first tournament since you moved in? Uh, I moved for here in 1995 in, in February. My first six months was in South California. Then I moved for here in about July, uh, exact for July, I moved for here, for North California. And in the beginning, they introduced you, told me I was a pioneer of Jiu-Jitsu Santa Cruz, this is correct, but also I'm the pioneer here in North California. When I moved here for North California, there is one Jiu-Jitsu school, was Carly Grace in San Francisco. All the rest of North California, there is no Jiu-Jitsu here. And, and this, this, I'm sorry, what's your question again? Yeah, in you know, what year did you start promoting tournaments? The, the, the Jiu-Jitsu, yeah. And I, start, I moved for here in 1995 in, in Santa Cruz in July, and in the United States in, in January, February. I started to make the first US Open, it was 2016, uh, October, like pretty much a year, a year and a half. No, a half. I, I mean 1996. 1996, yeah. sorry, Gustav. Yes, yeah. correct. So it's about one year, one year. One year and a half after I moved from the United States. And That's the reason I, st I started the tournament because I tell everybody about Jiu-Jitsu and nobody understands. Everybody connects Jiu-Jitsu with MMA. Everybody thinks Jiu-Jitsu was Royce Grace. You're going to put a speedo and you're going to be fight. You know what I mean? And I want to show people the Jiu-Jitsu. You, you can do a great MMA fight, but Jiu-Jitsu way more than that, I mean, have your competition, have your rules, and I thought it was the best way to promotion this, it started to run this tournament, it was open. When the first one have around 150 competitors, and now you run over almost 2,000 competitors. 
Yeah, it's amazing. I, I know it's, uh, yeah, no, this is incredible. And that's the reason why I started promoting. I started promoting in Brazil. 19, 1998 was the very first time I promoted a tournament in Rio before I moved because I came to the U.S. in 98 and then 99, actually in January 99, I came, um, I came to the United States. But one of the things that I noticed when I moved to Arizona, I always wanted to take my students to tournaments and stuff. And then there's only one promoter in town. And when I went to the tournament, it was a mess. It was a disaster. It was disrespectful to the competitors, to the coaches, no clue at the referee. And then by the second time, a couple months after I went again, it was the exact same thing. I'm like, okay, apparently we have a pattern here. This is not going to change. No one's going to do anything about it. I want to do it. I want to take my students to compete, but I need a decent, like in fair environment. And that's how it started. The same thing, just that desire to, man, I want, I want people to compete and took, you know, took some time and now to, you know, a, a huge growth in the, in the scene in Arizona. What did you say this, the toughest? Just, just, just one second. Mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah. What's happened? Uh, we, you, you, you love jiu-jitsu. I mean, your life is connected to jiu-jitsu. Then when you promote a jiu-jitsu event, you bring this love. You bring this, this responsible, you know what I mean? They do a good event because you, you know what I mean? It's a life, you know what I mean? It's over there in Arizona, people connect Jiu-Jitsu with Gustavo and you don't want to think BMS. A lot of these promoters don't have no background with Jiu-Jitsu. They never change Jiu-Jitsu, they never compete in Jiu-Jitsu and etc. They, they, they're just because the money. They don't have love for the sport. They don't want to develop anything. They don't want to think anything nice. You know what I mean? It's why our tournament's different because we have this love. We have this passion for the sport. And you want to do something special, not just put a tournament. I agree 100%. I'm sorry for, for uh, interrupting you. Oh, no, no, no. It's all good. And I agree with you 100%. Now, what would you say it's one of your toughest entrepreneurial experiences that you ever had in business? Maybe, I don't know, it could be maybe a tough experience, a tough lesson that you learned promoting tournaments or maybe regarding to, to the school, a tough challenge that you had, you overcame, learned from it. What would you say? You know, Gustavo, I think the tough challenge you have in the jiu-jitsu schools it's uh, put somebody for teach for you that you trust, you know what I mean? Because, you know, when you open more than one school, you know what I mean? You cannot be in the same place, uh, in two, three places in the same time. Yes. You know what I mean? Then you're going to need to trust and believe in people. Uh, and this, it's a, it's a super challenge, the Jiu-Jitsu, you know I mean? Because, you know, I have a lot of good people Jiu-Jitsu, but a lot of people, they, you know, they're not very trustful. And sometimes you get involved with these people. And, you know, um, I think this is the hard challenge because, you know, the Jiu-Jitsu, you have, a, you need to, it's the time, like 4 to 8 o'clock, it's when all the school is busy. And like I said, you just can be in one school at this time. You cannot be three at the same time. Then you need to start to put people for teach, and sometimes the people later forget everything you did for this person, all the help, all the support, and sometimes create problems uh, in the business. There, I think it's very challenging. You know what I mean? So I think one of the most things because you, know, you open school, you start to have a business in a new city, a new spot. It's not that hard, but the hard part you fault somebody that you can trust in all the aspects, 
is going to be a person who's going to love jiu-jitsu, they're going to have respect for the student, they're going to be on time, they're going to be clean, they're honest, and etc. And I mean, it's hard to find this. Yeah, and the challenge in jiu-jitsu too is that when you start teaching, you develop a relationship, start getting closer. It's not like just at Leaf Fitness, people come in, in and out, people don't know anybody. You're, you get to get personal relationship with people and suddenly you have, as you mentioned, like a student's been with you for a long time and there's always he has been, you know him as a student, yeah, maybe you go out, hang out, you know, sometimes or, or something from, from, the, from the academy, but suddenly you need an instructor. So who are you going to look? You're going to look around. You're not going to put an ad in a paper, even though it's, uh, the market is changing for the most part. You know, you're going to look around. Who do you have here so they can teach stuff that, you know, I've been teaching. And oftentimes, one of those students that you never had a problem as an employee, they see like, man, they have no work ethic. Man, they have no responsibility or something. And that creates a problem because and then makes, you know, like, well, but I thought you're my friend. Oh, but I thought it this. Oh, I did that. And that's, uh, that's how a lot of problems happen. So I feel that I've been through a lot of stuff like that too. We, you're not the first one to bring this issue here in a podcast. Other teachers already brought it because it's common. I think it's us just getting more specific, creating the systems more and more and uh, just putting everything just very clear. And sometimes if the coach or the teacher or the instructor is not aligned with the vision of the academy, it would be better for both to go different ways. And they don't have to accept the way that you run your business. If they don't agree, and then they can go and then maybe work in a different place. But it's hard, you know. And as long as at the end of the day, you're the one who's actually keeping the lights on, paying all the bills. So you got to make the decision the, the best of your ability. And But it's a tough one. It's a tough one uh, to work with uh, students, you know. Yeah, and then, like you said, all the students after a while, and you know, they start to get real close to you. you know? and definitely, you develop a, a strong friendship here between instructors and the students. And a lot of time, it becomes the business, you know? because, like you said, the business don't work well, you don't have the same direction. When, when the person starts to work for you, uh, they are be different. The, no, the work actually is different to the friendship. And sometimes you, not only you, you make hard for the business, but also you, you lose a friend too. Yes. You know, me, a person you know for a long time, your friend, and you, you like, you care about the person, you know, because the business thinks not to doing very well. Uh, back to your question, I think this is the hard part of the jiu-jitsu, the hard part of the business, because it's not only the money part, but also the personal part. It's hurt you, you get... You know, you get sad, it hurts your feeling, it's, you know, it's a position. Because just morning, I mean, it's not a big deal. One day you make a good business, another day you make a bad. One day you have a real good day, another day you don't have. But, you know, morning's come and go. But friendships, not that easy, not come and go all the time. True. Now, prior to the, to start recording the interview, we're talking a little bit. And, you know, you're a busy person with, you know, have the different businesses with a tournament and this multiple schools. So one of the things that you like, you have different hobbies. Can you just share with them real quick some of the hobbies that you do besides jujitsu? 
Gustavo, my first hobby is my family. You know I mean, I really enjoy to spend time with my kids, my wife, and, you know, when I have a vacation, we can have a quality time because, you know, here life is crazy. You, you teach at too late. You know I mean, our schedule sometimes is very conversation with the schedule of your kids because the time you get real busy, the time the kids get back to the school. But it's for me, it's great when I can go to Brazil and spend the day at the beach with my kids or in the park or you know, go to events, etc. This definitely, it's, it's, it's priceless. Uh, most of my hobbies involve sport. I'm a very uh, sport person. I mean, I, I developed this when I was a kid. I went to a college of physical education because I love to be involved in the sport. Uh, my, main, my main hobby is surf. I have been surfing all my life. I mean, I grew up in Rio, close the ocean. And, you know, I was maybe one of the first generation to bring the jiu-jitsu and surf together. Uh, when I was a kid, I was, you know, training jiu-jitsu in the day, in the night, and surf during the day. Surf was my action active that I used to do for help me to to my training. And, you know, I really enjoy my lifestyle that I can have here in the jiu-jitsu. They can fit in with my personal lifestyle because I get busy in the morning, I get busy in the afternoon, but I always have a couple hours during the day that I can spend, you know what I mean, that I can have some quality time for myself. Uh, like I said, most of my hobbies in the water, I love to be a swim, I love uh, surf, I love spend time in, in the ocean, close the ocean. And beside, beside this, I have the passion for, I still have a passion for my soccer team in Brazil. They keep following up in the weekends. And, and I really like to enjoy movies, go, go watch movies and, and nice food, nice dinner, go out for dinner. These other things, are, it's very enjoyable in my life too. And my trips, I really like to go to Brazil, spend time over there one time a year with my family and, you know, make some surf trips around the world when I have opportunity. Uh, you know, try to enjoy because life is so quick. Uh, you know, it's get to one point you start your performance. It's not more the same in the other aspect of your life. And yeah, I, right now I give priority a lot for for this, for spend time with my family and have uh, real quality time myself. That's beautiful. And I know that there are a lot of people who are listening. We do have entrepreneurs who are grinding right now and they're super busy. There's some people in transition. But the reality is there's a lot of people who are struggling with harmony in life and finding that balance. And that's one of the things that it's really nice to hear from you for the fact that uh, you are a busy person. You got two uh, uh, solid brands that you control and still have the time to go surfing or uh, have your alone time or time with the family. So what are some of the suggestions that you'd give to people to help them to find balance if they feel that they're completely stressed. And it's not about you, just this is about any activity that help them to have a hobby. And I know that with time, you learn how to delegate better. As you mentioned, you can be in all the schools and all the time. So you need to plan uh, better. So what suggestion would you give to people who are struggling to find a harmony? You know, Gustavo, my suggestion, it's love. 
You know what I mean? The only way you're going to be happy in your life is if you have love inside yourself. You know what I mean? Uh, what's this? You need to love your job. You need to love your the people you work. You need to love what you're doing. You know what I mean? Uh, you need to love yourself. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people, when you choose the profession, the priorities, the money, how rich you're going to be, how much money you're going to be, and they forget that you can have all the money in the world, but you're going to spend most of the time doing, doing something that you don't like, you know what I mean, that you don't have love, you know what I mean? Then, for me, I think the secret of life you do uh, everything you need to do, you need to have love. You know what I mean? I have love in the school. I love teach class. I love spend time with my students. I love running my tournaments. I love to go surf, to spend time with my family, and etc. etc. Then uh, my advice for people: uh, when you you make a life, make a goals in your life, make it, uh, try to. Uh, try to plan your future. Don't make only money the priority. Of course, money is important. We live in a capitalist world, and you know everybody loves money here. Everybody wants to be successful. You know, I mean, everybody wants to have a good job. But it's gonna be way easier to be successful. You be make good money, and you know, enjoy your life if you do something you love, something you wanna. Even you know, I mean, for us in 1970s, we're gonna teach you jiu most of the people said, are you crazy? Are you not going to survive? You know what I mean? But we did in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s. You know what I mean? And you survive. Why? Because you have love. They don't make us don't stop. Make us keep going. You know what I mean? Uh, of course, this, this change don't happen the, the one day for the other day. You know what I mean? With me, why I went to the college, the physical education? Because my love is sport. Why I decided to teach Jiu-Jitsu? Because I want to have this type of life that I can, you know, during the day I have a break, that I can go surf, or I can go in the pool and swim, or, you know, go to the gym. And, you know, you need to start to Organize your life, it's not going to happen the night for the day, but you need to organize your life, start to go this direction, that you're doing stuff that you like, that you, you put your schedule the way you like. I know it's hard, I know it's, you know, it's not that easy, but if you work toward, you know what I mean, maybe it's not going to happen the first six months, not going to happen the first one year, but you can step by step, start to give better life quality for yourself, be more happy, enjoy, you know what I mean? And again, the secret, if there is secret in the life, but the, what's most important, you found something that you enjoy, that you have love, you know what I mean? You need to live your life with love. If you know, it's not worth. Beautiful. And I relate to a lot of things you said because when I was about, I started jiu-jitsu, I was 14, and then so I, as soon as I, close to 15, and then by 16, I was basically made in my mind that that's what I want to do, want to pursue. And by 17, I was already like really very clear that this is what I'm doing. And of course, my family said the same, like, you know, how are you going to make this? You know, how are you going to make money winning medals or whatever, you know, but they didn't understand, you know, how, <laughs> how I'm wired. Like, I'm not talking about uh, money, you know, that kind of success. I'm just, I just want to do what I want to do. So by the time I finished school, my mom said, you know, you, uh, yeah, I have to go to college. So back then I never thought about moving abroad. So I just thought, you know what, 
I love sports. I'm going to do uh, physical education. Same course I did at UFRJ. And um, stayed there for four and a half years because I, I thought if I'm going to leave if I'm going to live in Brazil, you know, having a gym and, you know, in teaching, that's something very common in Brazil. Like you said, you know, you rent a place and you run, you know, your program inside gyms and condominiums and, and so forth. So I just um, decided to pursue physical education because of that. And that was, yeah, when I said that I wanted you to just for a living, not too many people were believing in uh, what I was saying. But, you know, uh, one thing I agree with you, uh, with a lot of you said, and it's yeah, definitely the love carried away. You know, with the moments, the struggles that you mentioned earlier, uh, arriving the transition from the Brazil to U.S. Again, the love for the sport, the love for jiu-jitsu kept you here and still going, which is incredible, man. Yeah, it, you know, I can see myself when I was 16, 17 years old. I can see myself working downtown Rio with, uh, you know, how you say, Terni Gavata. Uh, yeah, uh, tying suit, you know. You have time suit all day, uh, you know what I mean? Of course, things are not going to happen, you know what I mean, one month, in two months, you know what I mean? My life, I didn't get this this situation to the schools, the tournaments, you know what I mean? It's 35, 30 years I, I put my life towards Jiu-Jitsu, but slow, you know what I mean? You, you can improve, you know what I mean? You can make your life better, you can, you know what I mean, have your schedule better, and, you know, and make things, things better for you, and in the end, it's going to work, you know? If you look back when you're 19 and you ha you can have a conversation with your old, well, not your old, but your, in this case, the young Claudio when was getting involved in going to college and make a living with jiu-jitsu, what advice would you give to him at that point? Yeah, you know, when I was 19, uh, you think you know everything. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was this time, I think I know a lot. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, these days you look back, even the jiu-jitsu, when I got my black belt, you know what I mean? You look, I look back like 20 years ago, I said, man, I really was black belt when I got my black belt. <laughs> but... Where you know where you learn with the time you know, with your life you know, and it's good advice for the young people and if I have opportunity to advise myself when I was 19, it's just to be more patient, to be more tolerant, to, to be more understanding for the people and you know and don't rush because when you have 19 you think everything's gonna happen tomorrow you know what I mean and the life it's it's long term you know what I mean it's long term community if you want to be a jiu-jitsu champion it's not gonna be in the next year you know what I mean it's it's long term community same the business same if family and etc yeah and what is the best advice you've ever received whatever you want to say from life jiu-jitsu any advice that comes to your mind you know, or even something that Mansoor maybe taught you in life and or in jiu-jitsu, something that stood out to you? Yeah, he's, of course, he's, he's touched me a lot of things in my life. And, you know, and, you know, one thing, one, one, one advice he told me, yeah, yes, this I never forget. Uh, when I opened my school here, and, you know, I mean, I was not speaking very good English this time. And I have this opportunity to be uh, some interviews in in the for, for tournaments, the newspaper, magazines, etc. For 
for about the jiu-jitsu, about tournament, né? and because I was a little bit shy, because my English limitation, I used to put my students for, for doing this interview for me. And he was telling me, Claudio, why are you doing that? I said, ah, because, you know, they are my students, they're going to be with me for the rest of my life, and it's better because they speak English. And Marshall is now, Claudio, you need to promote yourself because you never know who is going to be around you in the future. And yeah, if I can come back, I will, even if my table English, I will do all the interview. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what are you currently excited about? What's going on? How? What's going on the BJJ tours? I'm excited to bring Jiu-Jitsu for the next level, Gustavo. You know me for a while. You see, you know, always I try to bring our sport né, uh, for the next level. Right now, you try accomplishing the BJJ tour. It's you have three goals. It's one. It's bring the the big companies, né? Right now, you go every Jiu-Jitsu tournament, it's, you know, all the sponsors and all the, the supports, it's companies connect to Jiu-Jitsu, uh, gears, mats, Jiu-Jitsu wear, etc. And there's no problem about that, it's great. But I think Jiu-Jitsu big. Jiu-Jitsu already, it's different time, it's not 1980s. Yes. I mean, in these days, you know, I mean, Jiu-Jitsu one, uh, the biggest martial arts in the United States, and everybody trains Jiu-Jitsu, have a car, go to the bank, uh, have a computer, then I think it's now is the time you bring these big sponsors, you know what I mean, for 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 a tournament, for a sport, you know what I mean, you need to bring Apple, you need to bring Bank of America, you need to bring Toyota, you need to have a car in the in the front of the event for give for the champion for the open division. Then one that goes the BJ2, it's you give a, a chance, you, know, you give organization, one, uh, one well organization, well, uh, uh, well events, they can give you opportunity to, to make this company excites. Okay, the second goal of the BJ Tour is keep the black belts in the in the Jiu Jitsu. You know what I mean? Because we see in these days our black belts they compete our life, then they get a black belt, they get famous, they get world champion, they leave the sport, they gonna go for MMA. Okay, this is real bad for a sport because you create the idol, you create the name, and then you give this name for another sport. It's like the same that you imagine LeBron James, they're going to start to play baseball. It's terrible for the basketball, but great for the baseball. You know what I mean? I'm a jiu-jitsu guy, I don't have problem against MMA, but my sport is jiu-jitsu. It's where I love, it's where I want to develop. Then, the, the uh, goal number two, the jiu-jitsu, you give a, a professional, uh, give a tour, a professional tour, they can pay these athletes, they can make her, her, uh, their professional life in the jiu-jitsu, you don't need to go for another sport. And the third goal, the, the, the BJ Tour, it's bring the media outside the jiu-jitsu. Right now you have the media, you know what I mean, you go to the world tournament, I don't believe they don't see Fox over there, I don't see SPM, I don't see newspapers, I don't see magazines outside the jiu-jitsu jiu industry to cover events. You know what I mean? You go in the TV in the nighttime, you see, you see uh, Dardo, you see, you know, see, you see all the sports. You know what I mean? Karate, yeah, sports uh, less popular than Jiu-Jitsu, you see over there. And you, you don't see Jiu-Jitsu. Okay? Então, these are the three goals the BJ Tour. The three things I have been working hard 
to to bring for export and one it's connect to another one because i just am going to bring the media if i have the big names you know what i mean the sponsor is just going to come if i have the medias you know what i mean and the fights is just going to keep in the tour if they have money and if they have the sponsor no it's it i know it's not easy i know it's it's a hard goal hard to to do but we have been working very hard to develop this professional tour that you can keep your your fights fight jiu-jitsu and you know you can bring sponsors and and, and press yeah, press yeah, media from outside the jiu-jitsu this is what's going on in the bj tour and you can check our website bjtour.com and you have our events we have around the united states cool just to let the listeners know, getting close to the end of the interview. So after the interview, I share my final thoughts. I just reflect on my takeaway from the interview and then share some content and teach some personal development. So what final message do you have for the listeners and how they can find out more about you? You mentioned about BJJTours.com. So what message and how they can find you? Oh, I have a few messages, Gustavo. First message, if you train Jiu-Jitsu, keep training Jiu-Jitsu for the rest of your life because it's just going to make your life better. You know what I mean? If you don't train Jiu-Jitsu, it's time to start training. Okay? Uh, for the general public, petition about your health, about where you eat, about how, how many times you work out a, a week, you know what I mean, about your lifestyle. Because sometimes you're young, you train, you turn, you don't worry too much about that. But where you're gonna be when you're 50 and 6, depends where you're doing when you're training tours. Okay? Now it's very important you you try to, you know what I mean, have a nice lifestyle, enjoy your life, you know what I mean, eat good food, but you know what I mean, everything with control. And yeah, because the future it's beautiful. You can be an old man, an old woman. And have a lot of fun. Yeah, and what is the uh, your school's website? Yeah, the school's website it's uh, claudiofrancabjj.com. It's this for this for for all three schools for Santa Cruz, San Jose, and Watsonville. And for the tournaments, as I told you, it's bjtour.com. Awesome! Thank you so much for the interview. Claudio, really appreciate. As I mentioned, I appreciate your work. I always spoke highly over your events as i mentioned hasn't uh, it had an influence in my events here so you've been doing a great thing for the jiu-jitsu community for a long time and i'm and i'm glad to be able to see all that growth and see you know i came into the u.s uh, four years basically after you but i still saw the beginning you know like the early days of like the late 90s and yes, a lot of a lot of hard work for a long time. So you, you, I remember even back then you had some, uh, some different views, like having some of the challenges that you have, uh, uh, tickets, flight tickets for for competitors a, a long time ago. One of the Korean Air or something. I think you got involved with something with John Moreira too and helping organize. But like in the nineties, but you've you know you've been doing such an amazing work for a long time. So. I want to just give props to you. Gustavo, thank you, my friend, for this opportunity to be in your show. Uh, I appreciate all your words about myself. And I promise you I will 
going to keep work hard for develop our sports even more. And yes, and the same, the same. My opinion about you is the same. I'm, I'm very appreciate for everything you do in Jiu-Jitsu. I know you do a great job over there in Arizona. I remember you from the nines, from the old times, from the early tournaments when you have eight, ten schools. And it was real good time, you know, when everybody came from South California for here, for Santa Cruz, everybody go for Arizona for here. And yeah, you're doing a great job. It's one of the great jobs you're doing. It's give opportunity for us to talk on your show and share your thoughts and keep doing what you're doing. And I'm very proud to have you as a black belt partner to develop your sport. Thank again for this opportunity and thank everybody to listen to my interview. And for all the listeners, stick around for my final thoughts. Us. Us, my brother. Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with Claudio França. Claudio is a six-degree black belt and pioneer of teaching jiu-jitsu in Santa Cruz, California, back in 1995. Besides running three schools, Claudio is responsible for the tournaments of the BJJ Tour, which has events all over the country. As you already know, the podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs and or aspiring entrepreneurs who are hungry to pursue their goals and dreams. And oftentimes, they forget about their own selves and their families. And this episode was an excellent refresher for all of us to reflect on the idea to give more time or even more time to yourself, finding and sustaining harmony in your work and life. And this is precisely the topic Claudio talked about and my takeaway from the interview. I always mention to you how I like to research after each interview so I can deliver an informative final thoughts to you. Now, I'm going to share with you six ideas about finding harmony in your work and life, which is a struggle for most people in this busy world that we live in. And hopefully, at least one idea can inspire, impact, or improve your life in some way. The number one idea comes from Claudio. When I ask him, what do you suggest to people who are struggling to find harmony in work and life? The answer he gave was love. If you think about it, if you don't enjoy what you do at all, it's hard to find harmony, happiness, and fulfillment in your life. You must love what you do. Also, you must love yourself first. Practice self-forgiveness daily. Forgive yourself for your bad choices, mistakes, and failures. Learn and grow from them so you can love others as well. When the tough times come, and they will come, love will be one of the pillars of your emotional resilience levels. Love is the core element of finding harmony in work and life. Number two, there is no work-life balance. Have you ever heard of Gary Vaynerchuk, also called Gary V? Well, he's a digital media marketing expert and aggressive entrepreneur. You can find out more about him at GaryVee.com. He mentions that work-life balance doesn't exist. It's an illusion. It's nearly impossible to balance an equal amount of time in all or most areas of our lives. It's not a strict work-life balance that defines your satisfaction and fulfillment. It's harmony in life. Gary talks about how important is the communication between couples. He and his wife are on the same page with their expectations from each other. Monday through Friday, Gary is all in at work and weekends with family. Sometimes he needs to travel on weekends. It's the nature of the business. However, he takes seven weeks vacation every year with his family. He found harmony 
in unbalanced work-life situations. And you can do the same starting with love. Number three, how many hours do you sleep? This is an important question because if you're sleeping consistently four hours per night, for sure it will affect your productivity, mood, and your journey of finding harmony in your life. Now, there is an even more critical question that Gary also asks. What are you doing when you're awake? How effective have you been? Have you been wasting any of your time with social media or TV when you're struggling with time management? If you focus on being even more strategic with your day, it will leave you with more time to sleep. Consequently, you are one step closer to find the harmony that you desire for your work and life. Number four, physical health improves mental health. If you're listening to the podcast, most likely you train or have trained jiu-jitsu. Not necessarily, though. How many people do you know that used to go to class consistently and suddenly got hit with life? responsibilities, family, work, and they stop training. Very often they stop training jiu-jitsu and or terminate all physical activities. And that is a quick route to move away from finding harmony in your life. Movement is essential. If you're not currently training jiu-jitsu, no problem. Keep exercising though. Improve your physical health because you know that when you're consistently working out, you improve your mental health as well, which gives you a better chance of finding harmony in work and life. Number five, get rid of negative people. I have shared with you in different final thoughts about Jim Rohn's power of the association. We are the average of the five people we hang out the most with. Now, who do you hang out with? What is this association doing to you? What is this association doing for you? What person have you become because of the influence of this specific association? I hope you're surrounded by positive people with a growth mindset. Now, if this is not the case, action needs to be taken because this association might be holding you back from finding harmony in your work and life. If you already have talked with a person about it and nothing has happened yet, Jim Rohn presents three options on how to deal with the situation. Number one, delete. Number two, minimize the time you spend with the association. And number three, expand your association. Look for new associations. You have to agree that it's hard to find harmony in work and life surrounded by toxic people. The last one, number six, is life is not a rehearsal. I found a great article by Oliver Van Duren on principles to help you to find harmony in life, and one of them caught my attention. Life is not a rehearsal. She wrote, quote, Don't expect a big play at the end of your life as life is not a rehearsal. Many people I know seem to have a dream that once they stop working, they will do all the things they ever wanted to do. They have their bucket list ready for when they reach their 60s. Live in the now and for tomorrow. The journey is the true reward. Be mindful of today. When people hit their 60s, they will probably have some physical limitations or other constraints. So don't wait. My generation will be working until we're 70. The next generation will be working until they're 80. Life is not a rehearsal. Size the opportunity. Size the moment. Live in the now. Unquote. With that said... If you genuinely want to find harmony 
in work and life, don't wait. Act now. What makes you tick? What do you enjoy doing? How can you have more of that in your life? Like Claudio said, start with love. If you don't know what that is exactly, no worries. If you keep asking enough questions to yourself, one day you will find your answer. And if you are stuck, ask different questions and reflect on it. Finding harmony in work and life is a journey and hopefully at least one of the ideas inspired, impacted, or improved your life in some way. I'd like to wrap up with a quote from Steve Jobs' Stanford University commencement speech. Quote, And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. Follow your heart, your intuition. Unquote. O's. We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com. 